Welcome to ShipIt, a podcast about ops, infrastructure, and KubeCon. Today we talk to Priyanka Sharma, Executive Director at the Cloud Native Foundation, about all things KubeCon Europe 2022. We start with my favorite subject, Priyanka's happy hour, and then we switch focus to the conference. For many, this will be the first in-person KubeCon since 2019. As for me, I'm not sure that I remember how airports work. If I succeed, I expect to meet some of you in Valencia. If not, send help. Speaking of help, thank you Fastly for helping us ship our episodes super fast all around the world. If you have content, functions, or simply want secure edge locations, Fastly.com can help you too. This episode is brought to you by Sentry. Build better software faster, diagnose, fix, and optimize the performance of your code. More than a million developers in 68,000 organizations already use Sentry, and that includes us. Here's the easiest way to try Sentry. Head to sentry.io slash demo slash sandbox. That is a fully functional version of Sentry that you can poke at. And best of all, our listeners get the team plan for free for three months. Head to Sentry.io and use the code SHIPIT when you sign up again. Sentry.io and use the code SHIPIT. We are going to ship it. Three, two, one. Priyanka, thank you very much for coming back to ship it. After we recorded the last year's episode that never shipped, I didn't think that you'll be back. So welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for it. Thank you for having me. So this is the the week before the KubeCon EU. When people listen to this, it'll be exactly one week before the KubeCon EU. And I'm so excited to be going there in person. And for all those that are listening, I'll be there. And I'm looking forward to meeting those people. And I'm wondering, what are you most looking forward to, Priyanka, when you'll be there at KubeCon EU? Sure. When you said it's one week to KubeCon, I was like, what? (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) By the time this goes out. (laughs) Sorry about that. I know it's early morning for you. (laughs) No, sorry, sorry. Okay, I should have. (laughs) We have time. (laughs) That was a moment of panic there. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Well, I am really looking forward to meeting so many people from the community in person in such a wonderful city as Valencia in Spain. I've actually never been to Spain before because I was supposed to go to KubeCon, Cloud Native Con Barcelona, but I was in um, in between my green card process in the US, so I actually couldn't travel. And it was very much at the last minute that I couldn't travel, so I was pretty bitter about it. So finally, I'm getting to go to Spain. I think there's a trend here. Finally, I get to be on ship it finally i get to go to spain exactly (laughs) i like the way you think about that right (laughs) okay good things come to those who wait of course but yes so just generally i think the mood is pretty euphoric right now people are talking all about their travel plans on twitter how they're gonna get there I have, I'm all booked and ready. I'm going to arrive early in Valencia. So if anyone's around, hit me up. I think it'll be just wonderful to be together. Second time now, first time we did, it was North America and Los Angeles, as you know, but on a different continent. I think in general, Europe has 
there's been a lot going on in Europe lately. And if we can be there and, you know, lift people's, heart, people's hearts a little bit, bring some joy, you know, engage in stuff that we all enjoy so much as a community, I think that'll be a good contribution for us to make. If people still remember how traveling works and they can make it to the conference, and that's a big <laughs> if, <laughs> fingers crossed that everyone makes their way and they remember how planes and trains and all that works because it's been a while for many of us. I think it's going to be amazing. And like rules change a lot. So I highly recommend, you know, folks should keep looking at the KubeCon Cloud NativeCon event website because we post information on what's essential to travel. And while we can't go into every country in detail, we have links and we have our requirements crystal clear. So keep checking the website. We're also like updating it regularly. So yes, travel is harder than it was before a, because we're less experienced now, but all and also because extra rules and regulations. Yeah. So stay on top of it. Keep checking the website. But I think we'll get there. <laughs> I think so too. I have, I have a good feeling about this one. Really do. Yes. So obviously meeting in person, it's a big, big thing. I'm really looking forward to that. But there's one other thing which I'm really looking forward to. Can you tell what it is based on what I shared before we start recording from the KubeCon EU? Like oh. the KubeCon EU, the post, there was the first image and that's what i remember so fondly from the first kubecon you that i attended <laughs> virtually i wasn't there in person yes. but that was amazing so can you tell what i'm most looking forward to priyanka well i'm honored if i'm right which is that my virtual happy hour that's the one that is the one happy hour with priyanka that was such an amazing idea i don't know where you came up with that idea or who had that idea but i so enjoyed it I mean, it was one of the best experiences at a virtual conference. And I think that everyone should have, every conference should have a happy hour with Priyanka, if possible, <laughs> because it's so good. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I've used to work at GitLab, as you know, before at CNCF, and we were an all remote company before all remote was a thing. And the way we used to hang out and have fun together was these kinds of non-meetings where you get together and you're just going into breakouts, having fun. And so with that training, I think we came up with this concept of let's do a virtual happy hour because mm. the biggest challenge with virtual is that you can't always get, get the hallway track experience and like make new friends, which is the most fun part, I think, of our community and culture. So that's how we came up with it. It has surpassed my expectations and how much people love it. So I'm super flattered and we are continuing it. As events go hybrid, we're definitely doing it there. It's on the agenda, at least one, if not two, for KubeCon uh, EU 22 as well. So I, I enjoy those a lot too. They're very real and they're really comfortable. Are they going to be with Priyanka? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that's sweet, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Okay. So if we're there in person, how do we join? Same way. Still remotely, just with a laptop? Exactly. Okay. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> that sounds oh, amazing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. So nice for the people tuning in because some of them at least will be only virtual attendees and for them to interact with folks who are at the conference is going to be like an extra layer of, you know, feeling like you're there. Yeah, so I can see it. That'd be cool. I and I recommend anyone listening to consider it if you're going to be there in person to tune in on your laptop for the happy hour. Yeah, I know I will. That means, again, so this is for real what is happening today. Every other day at the companies I work for, we have half an hour of a non-meeting -non where because we're remote, we get together, 
we have a bit of fun for half an hour, and then of course that we end up talking about work in the last 5-10 minutes, but the idea, I want to say it's called happy hour, it's not called happy hour, and it doesn't have Gerhard in it, you know, it's like <laughs> the whole like, you know, sub-team, it's not happy hour with Gerhard, but it's like half an hour, it's called Camera Cafe actually, and we have in the morning, we have a coffee, and then we just have, you know, a conversation that we would have maybe in the kitchen area of the building that we are working at, yeah. which doesn't exist, obviously. But the idea is there. Like, the idea is really there. The water cooler, right? The water cooler, yes. Some call it the water cooler moment. That's the one. That's the one. Great idea. So this is going out on the 11th of May. If I'm recording it right this time, and I'm pretty sure I am, <laughs> I triple checked. <laughs> People will listen to this episode for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's the one, like the, the first episode of Ship It was meant to be this one, but it, it didn't happen. So anyways, like long story, we can talk about it another time for sure. Can you share with us any keynote spoilers uh-huh. a week before the conference? Anything that you can share? Well... I would say there is a lot of cool things, definitely. There's a bunch of announcements that you will hear about. You'll see how much progress is being made, how Cloud Native is maturing, how we are going at different verticals. You will also hear about you and me, folks, individuals, people who are just making our community proud every day in different ways. So I think this keynote will be news plus the things we should celebrate in our community, the people we should celebrate in our community. Okay, so it's the same great format that we had last year, which I really, okay, so it's the same, oh, that's amazing. Okay, I love the consistency. Oh, did that drive with you? Because I thought it's working, this, you know, have some cool announcements baked in a story format, but then also talk about our community, who we are, and demonstrate that with examples. I really, really like that. I forget where exactly, I think it was in your, was it the last one? I think it was the last keynote at KubeCon North America where you talked about, or was it the one in Europe? I can't remember. You shared some pictures and you were around some companies where you were meeting with innovative companies that um, are embracing the CNCF ecosystem. Which one am I thinking about? Now there was a keynote and he had some, because he had the Audi picture. Yes. I love Audi. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I re- remember. So which one was this? This was KubeCon North America in Los Angeles because in like September or a little bit before that, I had been in Europe and had done like a road show. I visited Audi, as you said, I visited Deutsche Telekom, I went to Mercedes and I went to Spotify. And yeah, I had that whole like journey thing there. Yes. So that was just the last one. So do you see how memorable those things are? The way you combine those stories is like the format, I think is really working. And you have, because you have images, you have like the, like all the meetings, you see all the people, you hear about the stories that people have. I think that is so powerful. So I love that format and it's really memorable, especially for me. I love it. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that, that this, this really makes my day, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I spend so much time on those keynotes. As do team teammates, like folks are helping me with slide designs yeah. because there's lots of things I can do. Design is not one of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm really glad that we're having this conversation first thing in the morning for you, because if it is making your day, I'm doing something right. I'm very yes, happy about that. You are. Absolutely.
This episode is brought to you by our friends at Fire Hydrant. Fire Hydrant is the reliability platform for every developer. Incidents, they impact everyone, not just SREs. They give teams the tools to maintain service catalogs, respond to incidents, communicate through status pages, and learn with retrospectives. What would normally be manual, error-prone tasks across the entire spectrum are responding to an incident. They can all be automated in every way with Fire Hydrant. They have incident tooling to manage incidents of any type with any severity with consistency, declare and mitigate incidents all from inside Slack. Service catalogs allow service owners to improve operational maturity and document all your deploys in your service catalog. Incident analytics allow you to extract meaningful insights about your reliability over any facet of your incident or the people who respond to them. And at the heart of it all, incident runbooks, they let you create custom automation rules, convert manual tasks into automated, reliable, repeatable sequences that run when you want. You can create Slack channels, Jira tickets, Zoom bridges instantly after declaring an incident. Now your processes can be consistent and automatic. The next step is to try it free. Small teams up to 10 people can get started for free with all Fire Hydrant features included. No credit card is required. Get started at firehydrant.io. Again, firehydrant.io. So what is different about this year's KubeCon EU compared to last year's, apart from this episode shipping? And I will keep repeating that because it's super important for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just by the fact that we can meet in person. So we are a hybrid event this time versus a fully virtual one last time. So that's a huge difference. And I think it's a KubeCon EU that's never been done before because in the past, we used to have in-person events and there was a little bit of a, uh, like, you know, in, within 24 hours, we would put videos up and all of that. But that's very different from having a simultaneous virtual element. So that's all new. And I have to say, people are excited. As of now, we're pacing really well with the attendees who are coming on site. So it's like many, many thousands of people already and we're expecting to beat our numbers. I'm fingers crossed, but the excitement is there. I think that um, this time around, it's it's also a very unique location. I personally, I don't know about others, but I personally am just so excited to go to Valencia. It's a, it's not a huge town, but it's got a lot of culture. It's got these orange farms. It's got so much for us to learn and experience. And the way it's that's set up, it's kind of like Team Cloud Native taking over Valencia. So that should be a really fun experience. I think uh, the event this, this time round is also similar to the previous events in many ways, which is important because we will uphold the quality of our content. We will uphold hold the code of conduct that we follow. So there are many key things that must remain the same. And that is also happening. I do think this is the first KubeCon Cloud NativeCon where all co-chairs are representatives of end user companies. So that's something that you might notice in uh, the talk selection. It's going to be a little, what I feel is that it's skewed a little more towards practical applications for real world examples of how to utilize cloud native tech. And it reflects the backgrounds of our wonderful cultures. I think that's going to be a huge improvement because I do feel like in the past years, not many areas could have been improved because you're doing already doing like an amazing job. 
But there was this one when it came about the diversity and a certain perspective, a certain angle, but it also had to do with the maturity of the ecosystem. So this shows that you're at a point where this is really exciting now. And you would think that, how many years have you been doing this? Eight, seven? Started in 2015. KubeCon started in 2015. 2015. Okay, so almost seven years. Yeah. Almost seven years. And now we're finally getting to a point where it has all the elements. And you think, what more can you improve at it at this conference? The hybrid approach, I love. I mean, that was like, I know it was through necessity, but the way you made it work, I thought it was such a great combination of in-person and remote. So KubeCon remains my favorite conference. And I'm not saying this because it's you and because it's interview, I really mean that. It's the one conference that I'm really sad to miss. So when the pandemic hits, I was wondering, will there be a KubeCon? Like, how is that going to work? That was like one of the things which was like on my mind. Like, how is that going to work? Because sure, you're not there in person, but what does that mean? Does it mean like all these people? I mean, things are still happening. The world hasn't stopped. So how are we going to adapt? And seeing you adapt as an organization, that was amazing. And the end result is even better. I mean, how is that possible? You know, like everything <laughs> was thrown at you and it's better. I have to give credit to the amazing LF events team. Mm. So Angela Brown leads them and uh, Vanessa Herrick under her, she supports CNCF exclusively. And that woman has worked so hard uh, with her team to give the best experience possible to people. And it was so hard for all of us. I was just coming in as general manager when we were pivoting to virtual, right? And I was like, gosh, what just happened here? And so we were building mutual trust, learning to work together all the while we are completely changing how we have executed on these events in the past. So it was a very intense, I would say, first six months to a year almost in this job and for the events team. But now we've really come out so strong. I mean, to hear your compliments, I am definitely going to pass them on to Vanessa and team. They deserve to hear it. It's it's so great to hear it. And, you know, it's a testament to their efforts. It's also funny what you said about how we went into virtual with necessity. And now we've come out with the hybrid option, which is an elevation of our experience. And so Jim Zemlin, the executive director of Linux Foundation, him and I were chatting and we were like, how did we miss this? Why did we not do this before? <laughs> exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty great. I do think I will say that hybrid will always be there because it expands the accessibility and inclusivity in a way that you can't with in person. At the same time, what I have noticed, at least this time around, is that Maybe it's because the world's opening up, but the excitement and energy for the in-person tickets is just like on fire and virtual is happening, but it's not like it's not in droves in the same way as you would we had during the pandemic. And it kind of makes sense, right? It's like if people can attend, they're trying their best to show up in person. We also think that behaviors are changing even more where it's like, oh, I'm going to try to make it in person. If at the last minute it's not going to happen, I'm going to join virtually. So things are changing and I'm eager to see how it all kind of settles down. Give it a year. Is like, do we have like certain populations that always show up virtual or is in person always the, you know, first choice? Let's see how, how the ecosystem evolves. Yeah, that makes sense. That really makes sense. One thing which I'm wondering about is I know that there is a difference between EU and uh, the US conference, North America one. 
And I think that while they are similar, there is something to be said about attending both in person to realize that there are certain differences. I'm not sure whether it's about the people that participate, it's about the location. I'm not sure what it is, but it feels like it's the same conference, but almost like like the reverse. It's not better or worse. I mean, that's that's not that's not not a fair comparison. Yeah. It's different in like in a different dimension. I, I haven't been able to quantify it yet. Just you no, know, like to say what way. But I do have to say that to get the full experience, going to both conferences is a must. And this year, I think it'll be the first. Do you know that actually this is my first in-person EU KubeCon? I've never been in person. What? I know. I did the virtual one, but not the in-person one. And based in the EU. So you would think that, you know, well, I was before Brexit. But anyways, that's a different story. All right, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways. <laughs> yeah, different story. <laughs> but the North America one was my was my first KubeCon. And I'm very keen to experience the, the EU one. But I do have noticed this via the virtual ones. I know it's like, like more things seem to be happening at the US one. And I'm not sure why that is, because it's not an accurate re- representation. Lots of things are happening in Europe. Do you know what I talk about? Do you have the same sentiment or or how do you how would you put it in words? Sure. So I 100% agree with you that there is a different feel to whether it's KubeCon Europe or North America or China because we've done those mm-hmm. as well. And there is definitely the regional aspect, right? You're in a different location, the vibes different, the rules are different, and so you adapt to that. And of course, a certain subset of the attendees are different. There is the crew that jet sets everywhere, right? Myself included. And looks like you're joining our ranks. Perfect. (laughs) And so there's that core group, which is a substantial core group. And then there's folks who attend with, if they're based in Europe, they'll attend in Europe. If they're based in America, they'll uh, attend in America. And that's very true, I would say, for the end users in particular. They are less likely to travel cross-continent for a conference, unless they're very, very deeply involved. So there's that just demographic difference and locational difference. I think in terms of things happening more at North America versus EU, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because I would say if all the virtual events that we did, KubeCon EU last year was the blockbuster. It was the one where we had everything sorted, where we had all the activities and this and that. And so in my opinion, that was the best virtual event we did. A little bit of it is just practice. (laughs) And then in terms of hybrid or in-person, I think that it is possible that some of the sponsor companies may do more announcements in North America. But what I am finding, at least this year, because of just Mm -hmm. excitement, is people are stoked and they're just bringing all kinds of things to uh, announce at KubeCon uh, EU. So I think it's uh, maybe in the past that there's been maybe more vendor announcements in North America. However, this year, people are just ready to announce stuff. So it's going to be different. This episode is brought to you by MongoDB, the makers of MongoDB Atlas, the multi-cloud application data platform. Atlas provides an integrated suite of data services centered around a cloud database designed for scale, speed, and simplicity. You can ditch the columns and the rows once and for all and switch to a database loved by millions for its flexible schema and query API. 
When you're ready to launch, Atlas layers on production grade resilience, performance, and security so you can confidently scale your project from zero to one. Atlas is a truly multi-cloud database. Deploy your data across multiple regions simultaneously on AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. Yes, you heard that right. Distribute your data across multiple cloud providers at the same time. The next step is to try Atlas free today. They have a free forever tier. Prove yourself and your team that the platform has everything you need. Head to mongodb.com slash changelog again, mongodb.com slash changelog. And by our friends at Sourcegraph, they recently launched Code Insights. Now you can track what really matters to you and your team in your code base. Transform your code into a queryable database to create customizable visual dashboards in seconds. Here's how engineering teams are using Code Insights. They can track migrations, adoption, and deprecation across the code base. They can detect and track versions of languages or packages. They can ensure the removal of security vulnerabilities like Log4j. Can understand code by team, track code smells and health, and visualize configurations and services. Here's what the engineering manager at Prezi has to say about this new feature. Quote, as we've grown, so has a need to better track and communicate our progress and our goals across the engineering team in the broader company. With Code Insights, our data and migration tracking is accurate across our entire code base and our engineers and our managers can shift out of manual spreadsheets and spend more time working on code, end quote. The next step is to see how other teams are using this awesome feature. Head to about.sourcegraph.com slash code dash insights. This link will be in the show notes again, about.sourcegraph.com slash code dash insights. I asked this question last year, but because no one heard the answer, I'm going to ask it again, okay? <laughs> what goes into shipping a conference like KubeCon? I mean, it's such a huge thing. And you would think that shipping applications in compl is complicated, regardless whether you have a monolith or microservices. Well, a conference is much, much more difficult. Organizing it, putting it out there, getting it out there, and just seeing what happens. So what goes into it? And, and I know that you see only a small subset of that, but the people that you work with, I mean, they they must be telling you so many stories and so many challenges to, to getting a KubeCon out there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, for sure. And by the way, I'm in the thick of it. We have multiple meetings every week. There are all kinds of things to go over. And so I see and hear a lot it all, mm -hmm. but I have to say the team is the one that fights through a lot of things. I think that the number one thing that goes into shipping such an excellent experience is a solid, solid events team. We're really lucky because they're very practiced having done specifically open source events, right? Our ethos is different from the, a company-led event, right? Because those events are they serve a different purpose. It's often legion is the purpose there. While in our case, the be all end all is to ensure that the ecosystem and the community gets to meet and have a good time and learn from each other. We just want to provide that space and that experience because people from different kinds of companies are collaborating. Because the LF events team has been doing this since, oh gosh, I don't even know what their first event was, but like LinuxCon, L3C, all that, they know how it all works. Add to that the unique awesomeness of the cloud native community. I would say, actually speaking to that whole shipping an application as a monolith versus microservices, I think we've had that experience in shipping 
events over the last few years where traditionally you might, as you also said, right? Oh, it's probably the team who goes and does all this and you, but you must hear a little bit. No, it's different where it's become more loosely coupled teams working with the core events team in order to produce the best result possible. And those loosely coupled teams spin their efforts up and down based on the timing and what is required. And that's been a subtle shift that we have made intentionally over at least while I've been here. And also since before, I mean, a great example is the idea that Dan Khan, the, the late Dan Khan, who was the, my predecessor had, which is to have community co-chairs for each event, which means it's a community chosen track of uh, sets of tracks for talks so that it ensures staying current with the latest technology trends. And I think that's a great example. Another great example is like the CNCF PR and marketing teams are all involved when the time is right. And usually um, there's lots of questions and evolutions as we are going through in execution to iterate on our structure and processes to keep elevating the experience. So there's that core solid thing we need, which comes from the LF events team. And then we need the loosely coupled teams, which spin up and down, change how they're working with the events team in order to be responsive to community needs. And all in all, I will say the KubeCon Cloud Native Cons are our biggest efforts in the year. And we're all mm. so proud to be part of it and give that experience to the community. I think there's so much to be learned here by companies that are wondering how to build a company, how to structure teams, how to deliver products, so on and so forth. You're doing it so successfully in like a completely different context, which is conferences, events, bringing people together. The principles, I see a lot of similarities to how a good, healthy organization should operate and should be structured. And the end result, it may not be events, it may be code or products. But I think the principles are more or less the same. And that's what, that's why it fascinates me. It doesn't have to be code. It doesn't have to be infrastructure to start seeing the similarities, to recognize the good things that work, learning from them, and then applying them to your context, even if it's applications. I 100% agree. And you know, the interesting thing that I've noticed is that it comes down to workflows and process. It's like, you know, process gets a bad rap. It's boring. It's like, who wants to talk process? No one. But reality, that's how you get things done. And that's, I think, what's behind the whole DevOps movement, right? Change our workflow, change our process to understand all the elements of software development and delivery, or I should say technology development and delivery at this point. And the same is true when you're running a large-scale event like this. There are so many things. If you don't have a solid process and workflow, which is also which also iterates on itself, yeah. you're just not going to be able to do it. So that fundamental principle remains the same. Okay. So I'm going to try and do the reverse right now. I'm wondering how much of your involvement with Jaeger and Open Tracing, because you've been a contributor five, six years ago, how much of what you've learned in that context you're able to successfully apply to your current position to make things transparent, to make things understandable. Am I reading too much into it or do you think there's something there? What do you think? It was an essential experience to be able to come in and do this job, to be even considered for this job. So I started my 
cloud native journey in the early days, right? As you mentioned, I was working on the open tracing project, which has now merged into open telemetry. And then I was also helping out Jaeger and all kinds of, I mean, observability was my jam, basically. And that is how I actually learned about distributed systems, of, about infrastructure, and got into the community and understood their pain points, their challenges, and like really who they were. So I came in with a very focused approach of, working on observability, finding myself in a community where I got along with people and understand, we all understood each other, right? Our challenges and well, how we all see, saw the world. There's a lot of diversity in cloud native, but there are core principles we all agree on. We all want to build the best software, best technology possible. We all want to be kind and welcoming and go out of our way to increase our diversity, equity, and inclusion and just be a model community. There, These are genuinely common principles every member of the community has. So having been really immersed in it, I understood the ecosystem in a way that I would never have, you can't helicopter in and get it, you know? And I think it has been really helpful for me because it, for me, it's been a steady progression where first I'm a contributor and doing all the things on the ground, speaking everywhere I get an opportunity, talk, working with end users. That was when I worked at Open Tracing and with the company Lightstep. Then I moved to GitLab and I get elected to serve on the CNCF governing board. And I get to see a completely different side of how this organization is run. And I will tell you, when I was elected to the board, I was actually quite surprised at how different the ethos in the board meetings was compared to the wonderful, loving, positive community experience I had. And coming into this job, one of my priorities has been to change the board experience to mirror the community experience of being as transparent as possible, of being collegial with each other, supporting each other, and really moving towards a common goal. And I don't think I would even have that vision if I hadn't been a contributor. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I really like that story. I see so many parallels and I see so many moments in which it shows you know, your true love for open source, for observability, the real observability, and having that experience, you know, having gone through the stages and not just jumped into something that then you have to figure out because you know, it's challenging enough as it is. So I'm wondering, which KubeCon EU conversations would you enjoy listening to? And the reason why I ask that is because as, I, as I'll be reaching out to people, I can tell them this conversation is encouraged by Priyanka. <laughs> so oh. there are some conversations that uh, you would like me to have, some people that you would like me to reach out. Is there one or two that stand out that you would enjoy listening to? Yes, absolutely. I think I always have the end user bias. So mm -hmm. I would love for you to interview some of the folks who are doing great things. Mercedes is a great example. They are just wonderful contributors and and implementers. And uh, they actually have a keynote at the event. So you'll hear from them. Okay. Great people. I would highly recommend talking to them. I think the co-chairs are excellent people. As I said, they're all end user representatives. Uh, there's Emily from Apple. There is Ricardo from CERN. And then there is uh, Jasmine from Twitter. So all have a very unique perspective. And I think mm. you should talk to them. And then I would also round it out by talking to some of our European key contributors and folks in cloud native in the projects who are doing so much stuff. So a bunch of the Prometheus team is there. There's so many folks, but I would definitely talk to them too and hear their unique experience. Okay. 
That's really helpful. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, this will be recorded. <laughs> so if it's okay with you, we'll leave it as is <laughs> and then oh, really? we'll use it. Hey, well, hey, this is what Priyanka thinks. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> Shall we go for it? Okay, yeah. that sounds great to me. <laughs> Do you know how I know that you'll be at KubeCon in person? I would assume people are assuming it or no? No, no. That, I mean, okay, I assume too, but I know that you will be there. You tweeted Paige. Hey, Paige, <laughs> where hotel am I staying at? <laughs> oh that was God. so funny to see. <laughs> she runs my life. <laughs> yeah, Paige does. So I think Paige is a superhero in this story. Superhero. Oh, my right. gosh. She is really tying the threads across different teams and organizations and like making sure I actually get to Valencia. Left to my own devices, it gets iffy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you wouldn't make it. Okay, so Paige is the reason why you're, why you're making it there. <laughs> the wrong train ended up somewhere else, forgot to book hotel. Those are my realities. The reason why I think that that tweet is amazing is because it captures the spirit, the closely knit community, the kindness, the openness. I mean, that one tweet for me symbolizes all the things that are great about the CNCF, you know? <laughs> It's just great people getting together, having a good time, you know, and again, it's the one conference that you don't want to miss. And I'm so glad that I'll be there in person. I'm really looking forward to meeting, we meeting everyone, you, everyone else. It will be great. And Paige, to yes. say thank you for helping Priyanka make it to Valencia. That'll be amazing. Okay. I know. Everyone should say hi to Paige. She's awesome. <laughs> so as we are preparing to wrap up this conversation, Priyanka, what would you say is the key takeaway for our listeners? I would say thank you, first of all, for your interest in Team Cloud Native, in the Cloud Native ecosystem. It's because of this growing buzz around us that we keep breaking all the barriers when it comes to numbers. People mm. keep joining us. There's more and more innovation. It happens because of your interest, you tuning in. So thank you for that. I would highly, highly encourage you to come to KubeCon Cloud Native Con Europe in Valencia. If you can attend in person, it's going to be a blast. If you can't attend in person, there is the virtual option. So there is no excuse. You can definitely be there and you should be. And at the end of the day, everyone, be kind, welcome more folks in, and let's keep building great technology together. Thank you, Priyanka. That was great. So this, the title which I'm thinking is the Pre-Happy Hour with Priyanka. <laughs> so I intend in joining that session because that's an amazing one. So even if you're at the conference or you're remote, that is the one place where we can all come together. And I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you, Priyanka. This was great. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Gerhard. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Ship It. Check out our other podcasts for developers at changelog.com slash master. You can connect with like-minded developers from all over the world via changelog.com slash community. Thank you Fastly for the worldwide low-latency changelog.com. Our listeners love those blazing fast MP3s. Your beats are awesome, Breakmaster Cylinder. That's it for this week. See you all next week. As for my last thing, I have been making room for unplanned things, and it's been working great. Take a different running or cycling route, watch something that you wouldn't normally watch. Read something just for the fun of it. The thoughts that follow from these unexpected and unplanned actions are likely to be a pleasant surprise. Try it and see what happens. <laughs>